Hello, and welcome to the MCAP Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. Everyone, thank you for joining in on another uncapped liquid lunch. Uh, If you are watching this, I highly recommend you check out um, the podcast that we'll be releasing later this week with Kushwa. We recorded that, um, I think that was back in February, maybe even earlier than that. Um, So, um, and if you're listening to this, uh, just keep on listening all the way to the end because we'll be tacking the um, podcast on after this. This will be playing before the podcast. Um, So I'm joined with Marcus Thomas, one of the co-founders of Kushwa. How y'all doing? Um. So let's see. Yeah, I mean, it was forever ago, and the plan was we we're going to record that podcast, um, release it the week of, or maybe the week before uh, your new uh, brewery opened, uh, and then a global pandemic hit, and all kinds of plans changed. So Marcus was n- nice enough to give us a little more of his time to um, talk about how. Some of the plans have changed, but uh, you're still opening a new brewery. It is opening. You made the exciting announcement yesterday. Uh, so you want to go ahead and tell people the news? Yeah, um, we actually are moving forward with uh, opening our, well, essentially opening our tap room, but not allowing anybody inside. Uh, so we're going to carry on curbside service uh, now at the new location. Um, it was just a transitional thing that we needed to obviously give up the lease on the old space and we had pretty much everything cleaned out. So we were like, why not just go for it? Um, so starting Wednesday, uh, two o'clock, we will start our curbside service just as we were doing in the old space, um, and helping out our customers, um, get the beer that they're looking to put in their fridge and partake. And so where is the new location located? It's it's going to be hard to find for anyone that has been to the original brewery, right? It's um yeah, it's not it's not too bad. It's actually um where our current tap room is. If you would drive past that and drive back to the next building, so you would follow the road alongside our tap room. Uh it would be the first uh unit um, in that next building back that faces 81. Uh, so address is 10, uh, 210 governor lane Boulevard suite 2010. So 2010 would, what would be what you guys need to, to know, to show up at the tap room. So yeah, if you, if you've been to, uh, Kush was original place, you'll, you'll have absolutely no problem finding their new spot. Just look behind the building. But although it does, it faces uh, the opposite direction. So you have to go behind the building, keep going a little bit, and then you'll be right there. Really a couple hundred feet from our old space. So not that far at all. Not much more. All right, hold on. Good. I think you're glitching a little bit right there. Oh, sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, um, so what, what you were saying was it just directly behind. Um, yeah. Although I so real quick, I found out some exciting information about your old location today. 
that uh, it's going to continue to be a place for people to go get beer and yeah and help make I mean I'm pretty sure that um, you guys with your new spot when everything's open was going to be a destination in and of itself but uh, homemade is it beer company or brewing company Ooh, I should look that up homemade brewing we'll say that and <laughs> um brewing beer <laughs> yeah is, is moving into your old spot so that's kind of exciting you're making um yeah. williamsport yeah, a little bit that. of a beer destination yeah um uh steven perez uh he had reached out to us i know that he was in talks with a couple different locations uh actually i think he started in, in martinsbury west of virginia um and then kind of made his way into washington county and was looking for space um, and he had been a regular in our tap room. So we've, we've come to know him. Um, and he approached us and we're like, why not? Um, I mean, basically the equipment that's in there is ready to use. It's a turnkey system. Um, he just basically has to get in there and, and start learning how to use it. So, uh, it was kind of like a no brainer for both sides. Um, those guys are doing good things um, as far as uh, the styles of beer that they're putting out. So I think in all of us here at Cushwell, I think it's a great, a great thing for uh, the community and for this area for people to come here. Yeah, it gives um, people even more of a reason to drive out to Williamsport and check you guys out. Absolutely. So I guess that would make once homemade is fully functional we'll have four four breweries here in in the washington county area so it's awesome oh yeah there are yeah upper stem well he's not technically completely open but he he has been uh putting some beers out there so um and then uh so what I guess if there's any silver lining to how things are playing out right now, it's that your new location has all the bells and whistles for what you need to be able to operate efficiently in the current climate in that you have a nice big canning line so that you can can a ton of beer to for people to take away in those uh, the curbside pickup. Yeah, yeah. Um uh, going to this uh, expansion, uh, is, um, we were always going to have a canning line. It just we didn't we didn't think at that that point in time that it was going to come into play as much as it has uh, recently uh, with the pandemic that's going on. Uh, we had to shift our uh, initiative from pretty much going. Um, kegging to partial canning to essentially all canning because uh, there's obviously there's no restaurants there's no pubs there's there's nowhere to send uh, keg beer so we had to uh, put our beer out in a different package uh, that it was could be consumable so are you gonna do um, crowler fills at all or are you just canning everything for four packs to go you know, it's a it's an odd thing right now because uh, majority of the beer is going straight into sixteen ounce cans. Um, 
we still have some beers that we are kegging for uh, draft. Uh, you can still receive one in a crowler. Um, but as long as this goes on and as much as and much beer we're uh, kind of dwindle a little bit. Uh, right now we've got like 12 on. I think when we open up over here, 17 beers on draft um but some of those there's you know there's only so many of them uh in inventory uh so that may dwindle and you may see more cans than actual draft but right now we've got a nice nice mix nice um so but for the time being uh, do people I, I forget how your ordering goes can they pull up an order or is it order ahead only and then pick up at the curb uh you can actually do both uh we started out um when we started curbside we were doing uh take your order and we kind of got that down to a science um we were pretty good at turning around the orders um but then we decided to latch on um and i guess it's i guess it's a four weeks now that we've been We've been using that, and uh, you saw a total like 180 um, as far as convenience. Uh, people rather um, pre-order their their purchase and just pick it up. It makes it more seamless. Less, you know, obviously it's contactless. Um, but um, we are actually still doing both. Um, so if people want to order ahead, so be it. If they would like to just pull up, place their order with the server. We can do that too. Um, how, uh, and now with being able, well, one, your, uh, brew system, your brew house and your fermenters are exponentially larger than, uh, they originally were. So you're sending a lot of beer out into distribution, correct? Correct. How, yeah, yeah. how wide of a distribution footprint are you sending out into? And pretty much covering the whole state of Maryland, which uh, is pretty much complete. I, I don't have all the details, but I do know that our beer has uh, has reached almost all of Maryland, um, and we're actually trickling into the Delaware area and Northern Virginia. Yeah, I've seen a lot of um, social media posts. People are pretty excited about being able to easily get your beer now. Whereas yeah, it, was, yep. it was much more difficult uh, this time last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty cool to see uh, all of our fans, uh, as far as like at least in the immediate area, even the whole way out in the Delaware, Northern Virginia, uh, that were uh, craving our beer but really couldn't get their hands on it. So now it's it's nice to see that they're able to enjoy it. So once um once people are allowed to be around each other. Are you guys going to have a, a grand opening party or do you have anything planned for that or still just trying to take things day to day, not planning too far in advance? <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of hard to plan for something. You just don't know when that will happen. Um, but we will. We will do something. We, I mean, that's that's just who we are. We like to... We like to blow things out. Uh, we, we definitely want to have a big party and kind of showcase this place, even though people have probably, you know, with the social media post yesterday and people driving up, they're going to get a good taste or able to see him, but not actually experience it um, in person inside. 
now. So we, we definitely have something in mind what that is and when. Uh, we really haven't gotten into those details yet. What's the name of um, the pizza place that's opening in there again? Uh, Rad Pies. Okay. that's I knew it was Rad something. Uh, yeah. Is Rad Pies going to be doing to-go food also, or are they waiting until you can fully open? Um, I, the intent for those guys um, is to open hopefully uh, sometime in the beginning of June. Okay. Um, open for like to go orders only, obviously. Yeah. Um, they're, they're actually up here today and they're working diligently on, uh, finishing up, uh, the kitchen and, uh, doing some other things. So I know when I talked to Adam, um, the head chef, um, he's there for rat pies. Uh, he was saying sometime in the beginning of June, they hope to okay. be open and serving. Like you say that in my mind, I it sounds so far away, and then I remember that it's almost mid-May and <laughs> that it's actually really, yeah. really soon. Because <laughs> my my yeah. thought was like, well, I don't know. Why are you being so definitive that it'll only be takeout? I mean, June's far away. We might be able to <laughs> sit and enjoy things. Like, nope, that's right around yeah. the corner. <laughs> yeah, it's like two two weeks away. So yeah, yeah. although I do I do. I have heard that uh, we might reach a phase one here in, in another week. Um, what that'll look like, I don't know, but we'll just kind of have to take that day by day and see if it makes sense um, to open the doors, if that's a potential and how, how that looks um, coming inside. I mean, though, at least uh, what's good for them is that it's it's a very to-go type of food. Um, yeah. And even better, it is the perfect type of food that pairs very nicely with some to-go beer so that should at least uh do well until people can actually come in and enjoy the tap room because i mean it is it's a beautiful tap room and it's humongous uh so it's a shame that we don't get to enjoy it yet yeah yes it is a shame but um i think i mean people have been yearning for this i know a lot of uh the customers that uh have come in over the past uh three years uh to our our what it was was our tap room um you know it was always asked you know more seating we need more seating and so i mean we are not short of seating or standing room in this new place so uh, i think people are going to be super happy uh, that they aren't bumping elbows <laughs> with other people in the brewery. They definitely can spread your wings in this in this new spot, and I think people will be super stoked about it. And plenty of time, plenty of space at the bar now too, so you won't be a crowded jockeying for position to order a beer. <laughs> yeah, we've got a nice size bar. I'm actually sitting at the bar right now and looking out over it. Um, I mean, there's probably at least twenty to twenty five. Uh, stools at the bar and there's you know they're not crowded uh, so people are going to be pretty pleased i think with uh what we have to offer them now going forward so what um what kind of exciting beers do you guys have coming up <laughs> it seems like every week man like we're we're just kind of we're trying to we're just kind of um spreading our wings uh i guess you could say as far as getting into some other things that we just haven't been able to do because of the volume that we 
could put out and just trying to maintain some of those flagship beers that we've been doing. Um, so now we can kind of get into to some of the, um, uh, let's say like experimental beers and like things like new recipes and, and not just doing the same, same stuff. But I mean, as you can see, like this week, um, for instance, uh, we have a Hefeweizen coming out. Uh, they're actually canning that right now, um, watching them back there in the production space. Um, so that'll be available. Uh, we've got uh, Synonymous, which has been one of our beers that we've put out uh, probably over the past two years. Um, that's a double IPA. Um, and, oh my, what do we got? We got another, actually, we've got another double IPA we're uh, canning on thursday natural progression and that's also been out for a couple years but now we're actually able to put it in a 16 ounce format and get it into more hands pretty exciting uh, it seems like every every two or three cans for business so it's three days of brewing and two days of canning um you know there's not much time for anything else well, I think it's uh, it's probably going to be much worse once uh, you have people <laughs> flooding into the uh, the tap room too. So it's yeah. it's not like there's going to be relief when <laughs> when things go back to normal. No, no, but uh, I guess it, at least it, at at this stage in the game, we know we're not gonna run out of beer. Yeah, <laughs> like we did uh, when we opened our doors the first time. So. All right, Marcus, um, I want to thank you so much for your time. I know how, uh, well, I mean, you just explained how busy all of you guys are and you've got a lot to do um, around the new place, finishing touches. And uh, so I really appreciate your time and get a, giving us an update on uh, everything you guys uh, told us a few months ago. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Chris. I appreciate the time and, uh, you know, looking forward to uh, – the day we can all hang out again and share a beer. Yeah, that, that <laughs> will be awesome. Uh, so uh, thank you everyone for uh, watching and listening. Cheers. And if you're listening, keep on listening because there's about, I mean, I think originally we talked for a little over an hour on the other episode. So uh, don't uh, hit stop. Thanks, Chris. Thanks guys. Take care. Hello, I'm your host, Chris Sands, and today we are in the tap room of Kushwa's first brewery, soon to be their old brewery, um, sitting with Marcus Thomas and Garrett Chambers, the two of the three founders. Uh, thank you for having me out, gentlemen. Thanks for having us. Happy to be here. So you're undergoing a, like a little project now, um, making a small expansion of your current location. Is that accurate to say or maybe underplaying it a little bit it's um yeah it's it's insane how how big and i just i don't like extravagance not the right word but just how much is going into this expanded space compared to what we're in the the production walk-in is actually larger than our current brew space <laughs> which is insane what what um what size of the is the are we actually first are you keeping this at all or once once that opens fully your this will be history so what we're hoping to do is open the new space we're, we're hoping to close this down 
take about a week off to transition and then open the new space. Uh, okay. We're not going to run both locations. And then the, this will just be abandoned? For a little while, yeah. Yeah, hopefully something cool comes in here. Yeah, they've had a few people run through here, I think, taking a look at it, but nothing materialized yet from it. Could really be a cool space for a like a cafe or uh, I don't know somebody somebody recently was like we thought about opening a brewery there and I was like do it put it yeah. put put one right here I mean this wouldn't be the only place there's equipment sitting yeah right in a <laughs> spot yeah, exactly. you don't have to do anything just Turnkey. take over <laughs> Turnkey. and it would be probably helpful to you guys too add a little bit more of an incentive like, although I I feel like you guys are enough of a draw to yourselves but adding a second location for people to stop at would probably be even more of a draw to come out to Williamsport. I think so. I I'd welcome it. I mean, I wouldn't have any, uh, any issue with that uh, at all. We were, um, up in uh, Portland, Maine about a month, month and a half ago. And you've got that one space where you've got definitive and Austin street and battery steel and Allagash and foundation. They're all in three of those are in the exact same building, like literally next door to each other. The other two are, I don't know, a hundred yards, 200 yards away. So, I mean, if it, it would definitely be a, a cool draw. Yeah. I remember the, the, um, way back, you know, what, I don't know how long, eight or so years ago before craft beer was huge in Maryland from the number of breweries, I was in Temecula where like there's one industrial park in T Temecula where you just pretty much walk from brewery to brewery mm -hmm. to brewery. Then there were probably about 15 within a one mile radius and it just seemed insane. Like how could they all survive? Right. But uh, now we have that in Frederick and it's, oh yeah, of course they can't. People like to drink. Yep. Well, and if you think about it, wineries have been that way for a really long time. You know, like you've got spots in, you know, locally, like in Virginia and other places where every, every other turn it you know there's a there's a winery yeah not walkable necessarily but you can just bounce from place to place within you know five square miles there are, i don't know 10 or 20 or however many there are and so it's you know wineries have been doing it for a long time um i think it would be cool so you, you um mentioned going up to maine you did a couple or two two or three collaborations while you're up there right yeah we made <clears throat> we made two trips up north. We went to uh, spend some time in Boston with uh, Widowmaker and Vitamin C. And then a couple weeks later, uh, brewed with Definitive in Portland, Maine. And um, we also went to uh, Deciduous in New Hampshire on that same trip. Did, um, and you brewed, did a collaboration with each place mm -hmm. while you are there? Yeah. Did, how many of those made it to Maryland? Because a few of them did, right? three of them the only one we haven't gotten cans was uh deciduous um some of that is dependent on their local laws and just logistics yeah. and shipping and just you know there's a lot of things around that so it's sometimes we just can't make that happen um as much as we we can we we try to we definitely want to bring you know all that stuff back here for for our local crew so you guys um seem to do a lot of collaborations do you what's your philosophy and why why do you like to do them is it from like a camaraderie standpoint learning from your peers like from a marketing standpoint or i guess all of the above or i think i think it's a mixture of, of all those things um i think we've been really fortunate to to make a lot of friends um I mean, I think this industry lends itself to, to making friends, but, um, 
it kind of it pulls a lot of things that we like to do uh together you know we love to travel obviously love to brew beer um it it is neat to see um how different people do different things we even though we turn out similar products we we do um all have our own processes and procedures and it's 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 always interesting to see how people do what they do and and combine things that that we may do here and they do there um it's fun yeah i think with that that process of visiting the other breweries and doing these collaborations uh i mean garrett can speak to this with the recipes or how they do it like there's always something you can take away from that and kind of incorporate it into your own process or procedures or what we do here like oh i never thought of that or you know or maybe it's something we do that we teach them to hone in on your skills and try to perfect the perfect beer um seems like when you say garrett yeah that's that's absolutely true yeah, because I would think, like, a lot of times, I imagine there's a lot of things you've come up with on your own, mm-hmm. at, like, through troubleshooting or just coming up with your own ways of doing things that someone else had never thought of, and that um, you could see them struggling with mm-hmm. this thing that you've already figured out yeah. and be able to share that. Does, that. does that happen a lot when you're working with other breweries? I think so. I mean, even 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 things that no one would ever think about timing on a keg washer, you know, cycle timing on a keg washer. We actually like talked to vitamin C about that. Cause they, we, we bought the same keg washer that they have. And before we hooked it up and messed around with it, just, Hey, like, how do you do this? You know, what, what are your, what's your take on it? And I mean, all those are little things, but it ultimately it helps all of us make better beer, you know, better end product. And, um, you know, that's, that's been, I think one of the things that, you know, is, is, is really cool because it's sure there's an, there's a marketing aspect to it, but every one of us is working as hard as we can to turn out the best liquid that we can. So best practices, cleaning, you know, safety stuff. I mean, we, you know, that's important things. You know, those are important things that nobody really talks about. It's not sexy, but it matters. Well, I would think even from the, like the keg washer thing, that's something that could equate to dollars mm-hmm. too. Like if you're if you're running it longer than it needs to be, like yep. the amount of kegs you wash every year, the power and then the water used and the chemicals and everything would add up to a substantial amount of money that you threw away because you didn't need to as long or definitely. Actually, yeah. So I wouldn't even have thought. I was thinking of it purely from just a brewing standpoint, but I guess every aspect of yeah. Has it come in handy with building out the new brewery with like seeing how like seeing things you didn't know existed Mm -hmm. or ways to do it to help you plan out how the new the new place is going to be? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we're all kind of the the three of us are split up and we have our own separate roles, but um, each of us looks at things a little bit differently. Um, I'm always, you know, I'm mechanically minded, so I'm, I'm always looking at you know, process and see how, see how the equipment's being used and hooked up. And, um, those types of things are, are, are important to me and, and just fun to kind of like get involved in. Um, but then also like tap room things, you know, how, how beer served, what's it served in, what temperatures is it, you know, are, is it served at, 
large uh, flow of, you know, client, you know, just all these things, um, find something you like and go with it. Yeah. That's one thing like about the, a brewery that it seems like every aspect of it is completely complicated. Like <laughs> little, little tweaks can make such a huge difference yeah. with, from every step of the, of running the business. I think it, that, that's absolutely true. And, and it, we've actually, I think we've had conversations about this, or at least I've, I've thought about it in my head. Um, that's what makes us all unique. You know, you could find best practices for all these things and we could all emulate that and have the exact same place and the exact same, you know, run them exactly the same and things, but then it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be fun for the customer, but it also wouldn't be fun for us because the, the cool part about doing what we do is that we do get to like pick and choose what, um, the way that we want to do things. Obviously we need to run the business well, but yeah. we want to put your own mark on it. Right. If there was, what's your one brewery that you dream about and really want to do a collaboration with that you haven't done one with yet? Um, I don't know. That's so hard. Um, attain attainable you know something like i see it's so weird because there's there seem to be these levels in our industry that you know it is like these this like untouchable crowd that you can't get to hill farmstead comes to mind just because i lived in vermont and yeah. i spent a lot of time up there but i would say there's a very very like slim to no chance that that ever happens but yeah. he doesn't really brew beer with many people anymore you know sean sean hill used to you know do a, a th some things here and there I don't follow as, as much as I used to. Remind me to tell you a story when we're not recording. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and I, I actually like, I, I, I'm not, we're not friends. I, I don't know him very well, but I've met him. He was actually a really, really great guy when I talked to him up there, but that, you know, when you're talking about stuff like that, yeah. I think that's, that doesn't happen. Um, honestly, I'd really like to brew with Ocelot, like a, a, a you know, something that has like a local connection. Ocelot's beer has been something that we've really, really enjoyed. <laughs> Do you know um, Adrian? I met him once. We met him at uh, Aslan's uh, anniversary. One of the nicest people you will ever meet. Yeah. And he looks scary. <laughs> I, I was down there one time for an article we were writing, and I just asked them, because I'd never met him before, and I asked him if the owner was around, and they pointed to him. And I looked over and was like, like I didn't want to go introduce myself because I, I he looked like he was going to yell at me. And so I went, he was meeting with someone. So he waited until afterwards, went up to him. I gave him my business card and introduced myself. Mm -hmm. He had me sit down. We sat down and talked for like three hours. Yeah, and that's awesome. every one of his employees, when they left, gave him a hug before they left for the day. Nice. Mm. And like, so he, he was talking about how before that, like that it, they were a family and mm -hmm. all that stuff. I was like, that's definitely not uh, just speak coming from him. Right. Like they're definitely family yeah yeah that's that's good to hear i um i just have a ton of respect for their for their beer their, yeah, their beer is amazing their space is awesome just everything about ocelot's great yeah so i would highly recommend you could pursue that because it they are awesome and they have yeast right next door there you go right. <laughs> <laughs> um we're gonna take a real quick uh break to thank our sponsors okay and then I think when we come back, let's let's talk about what you have going on, what, like 100 feet or 100 yards from where we're sitting? Yeah, it's super close. 
you may have noticed something a little different in the Roast House Pub parking lot. They are now offering beer and food to go from their food truck. The food truck will be open starting April 3rd from 4.30 until 7.30. On Saturdays, they will open for lunch from 11.30 until 2.30 and then for dinner from 4.30 until 7.30. On Sundays, they will be open for lunch from 11.30 to 2.30 and then for dinner from 4.30 until 7. As you are aware, things are constantly changing, so make sure to check out RoastHousePub.com and their social media channels for up-to-date information and menus. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of India Pale Ales, delicious fruited sours, robust porters and stouts, and crispy pilsers and lagers, Idiom Brewing Company prides themselves on continuing to innovate, utilizing new and or experimental hops, local ingredients, and unique flavor, flavor profiles. Unfortunately, you can't enjoy their tap room, which is located along beautiful Carroll Creek in downtown Frederick. Thankfully, you can enjoy their delicious beer to go and even have it delivered throughout the Frederick area. You can check out their menu options and place your order at idiombrewing.com. Make sure to follow them on social media for up-to-date options and hours during these ever-changing times. All right, so we touched on it a little bit, um, but... Why don't you give us some details about what you have going on next door or behind you or whatever direction we want <laughs> to talk about. Do you want to field that one, Marcus? You can start <laughs> off and I'll add in. Wait, aren't so. you the marketing person? <laughs> so Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm giving him a hard time. Marcus is finally full time with us. He just came on yesterday. It was his first day. Mm -hmm. I saw time. that. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's very exciting. Um, long time coming. Feels good though. Yeah. Um, so we basically, we are taking over 12,000 square feet in the building uh, directly behind us. So right across the parking lot, which is awesome because it makes for an easy transition yeah. and we can bounce back and forth because we're still running this place. We, we, we're not, uh, we can't brew over there yet. Uh, we haven't, uh, we don't have our TTB stuff moved over. Um, so we're just kind of waiting on that. Um, Does the TTB allow for any kind of overlap or once it's transferred you have to never do anything here and you can only do it in the new place or do they allow for a transition so my understanding is and don't don't quote me on this because scott scott's the guy for this um he's super in tune with all this stuff i i believe it's 60 days that we have so like once they approve the transfer we have 60 days to basically shut down operations here. okay so you um, could brew over there and here that's my understanding within the time frame okay. yeah um Again, I'm not po like I'm not positive about that, but I I believe that's how it works. And that makes a lot of sense. So it almost seems like that's not what you'd be allowed to do. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. it, it makes too much sense. <laughs> but maybe this is one place where they allowed for common sense to rule. Right. For for <laughs> business continuity, it would definitely it would definitely be helpful if that if that were the case. Um. So we're kind of in a holding pattern as far as those those things go. Um. But. We, we started off with 7,500 square feet in the new space and a business that was right next door to us actually consolidated uh, some warehouses and left that location. So we ended up with 4,500 more square feet than what we anticipated. How many square feet are you in now? We are 3,000, but that includes the upstairs storage space. So it's it's small. You know, this, this place is... This place is really... Yeah, it's tiny. So I mean, there's really going to be no comparison between the two. I think when people walk in over there, they are their jaw is gonna hit the floor, like they're just gonna be like, because they're 
the most most people are going to be used to walking into this very homey tap room and very close knit. Um, and when they walk through those front doors, I think I think they're going to experience something totally different than what they are used to in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, I think our new space has has a much more urban feel to it. Um, we tried to keep some of some similar like design elements and things from our existing tap room to take over there just to kind of tie everything in and and um you know keep our our branding um you know but when when we built this this current space out we we did this all on our own we did as much as we were legally allowed to do on our own. <laughs> yeah. let's say that um <clears throat> so it was um you know a lot of sweat equity um it was a situation where we didn't take out loans we didn't have investors it was our money and we 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 spent it as you know um wisely as like you were spending your own money yeah yeah (laughs) you know it was and it it was it was um you know we were learning i mean honestly like we you know we're we were open we've been open for three years at the end of january and and that's been a steep learning curve but we we have learned a lot and we're still learning um but we had a lot of um obviously you know three three years is, is is a long time to build this business and then see what other people you know have been doing not not even just in the beer industry but overall from from a business standpoint and um so we we were able to take a lot of those things and try to incorporate those in in our next space and that that seems like the best i mean unless you're just independently wealthy beforehand Mm -hmm. the best way to do it because i mean you're the third place i've talked to that had taken that same route Mm -hmm. started out really small using your own money, not being beholden to anyone else, growing, building a fan base, mm-hmm. and then being able to go to a, a big jump. Because um, we, I just talked to uh, Jake from Crooked Run, mm-hmm. and they did the same thing. I can't remember what, it was like an astronomically small amount of money yeah. he started Crooked Run with. Mm-hmm. And I mean, now they're huge. Yep. Jake's and as craft beers, breweries go. Yeah, Jake's, that guy's awesome. Like he's, 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 he's actually been helpful, you know, with us. We met him relatively early on too. And, and, um, he's had good advice for certain things. Um, and he's in, he's definitely another place. Uh, he runs a really good business. It's not, you know, his beer's very good, but the businesses run well, the space is laid out well. Um, the food in there before they open the new space, I mean, the food, the taco place, taco Ramones, I think it's called. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Awesome. You know, just all of that comes together. Just, have a, it, it it makes a really good experience for everyone um customers employees you know just everyone has a good time in there um but i th- i think i think starting starting that way and grinding um i mean you just don't have a choice but to succeed yeah. i don't honestly like i don't know what i don't know I what think the hell it gives you a better appreciation for everything right Gosh, you just knowing where you started from and knowing like i guess where this end result in this new space it it just really makes you think you know how where it started from and and you appreciate everything you've done and put into it to make it a reality you also realize you also realize how much um you know as 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 hard as we've worked we we i don't think we would be here if it weren't for help from friends and family and support from other 
you know, other people, whether it's just community members, uh, people in local government, uh, people at state level government, you know, other breweries that, you know, you, nothing's done in a vacuum. And this definitely wasn't, I mean, there, there, there were things that, that came up down the, through this entire process that if we didn't have, you know, a friend who was an electrician to get our system back up and running or, um, you know, I don't know, a, somebody with a, with a truck that would be, help us take things yeah. places, you know, early on, like it, I don't know, you know, I don't know what you do. You figure it out, but those people make this way easier, uh, to, to manage. And I think a lot of the people that came in contact with us and now are super close, they wanted us to succeed. They wanted this here. And it just, it's amazing how like those people just come in contact with you and, become a part of what yeah. you are and the fabric of who you are. Yeah. Cause you guys seem to have a very strong, loyal fan base, like your core crowd that are very devoted to Kushwa. I hope so. <laughs> I, I I've often heard this not so much recently, but just like we're like a cult classic kind of movie kind of thing. Like we have this, cult following of sorts and that people that just you know gravitate towards us and then that i i don't know how that ever really got established but it, it definitely snowballed i mean obviously um i think it it helped with some of the limited distribution that we could supply into uh baltimore and and dc and northern virginia a lot of those people that couldn't come here could experience this down in, in that region. But then just the Frederick area, I guess, was kind of connecting factor in bringing that all together and, and allowing people to share and their experiences with our beer, uh, which in turn, I think they finally made the, the jump or the, the drive yeah. uh, out to come see us. When also early on, and, and you may still, um, you spent a lot of time in the tap room, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that helps a lot with people building a personal connection to a brewery is getting to know and become friends with the owners. Yeah, man, yeah. I feel like <laughs> I was just talking about this the other day to someone and how many, how many hours like we put into this place, not like just obviously there was before we open and then you know Garrett and and your staff like brewing but on top of that the shifts I mean there was only probably six of us at the time like we were running every shift that we were open in the afternoon I mean at the time I obviously I'm here full-time now (laughs) but like I would get off work and obviously he would get done brewing and then we would pick up a shift and run it from like four to close and you know and then there's weekends i mean 12 to 11 i mean we're tagging each other out for their shifts and then coming in and like putting a whole like 10 12 hours in on the weekend or whatever that is it was crazy to think how did we do that (laughs) (laughs) i was like i come in here and like you know fill in or like back behind the bar for a couple hours i'm like man my feet hurt (laughs) (laughs) you know and it's like Wow, and, you know, and it gives You're you getting pr- too soft. Now. <laughs> yeah, apparently, <laughs> I guess. 
but it gives you an appreciation for like our staff and like they they grind um all the time in here and you know they i think what we started we were able to project onto them and the customers see that they still see that that interaction that one-on-one service um that experience when they come in um and you just you know you just don't get that in every every restaurant or pub or brewery that you go to and i think that's something cool that we have here has it um is it hard to spend time in the tap room now though because like i've talked to some longer established breweries that have been around for a while that are Mm -hmm. a little bigger where the owner says like they kind of have to gear themselves up to go into the tap room that because they know if they go out there it's going to be at least an hour of talking to people and having to be on i think i so i i think that that's that's a good point i the way that we've we've handled that is one i mean i we fully recognize that those people want to talk because they're excited about what we're doing and like that's we need that you know like i mean at any business needs people to be excited about what they're doing so um yeah and this person wasn't saying it from oh, a yeah, negative yeah. it was m- purely just from like a sure like there's sometimes like i just don't have the energy to give someone a good interaction mm-hmm. to that that they're going to be walking away happy that they they talked they put their time in to talk to me right no to- totally um <laughs> yeah i think you know i, I think we we kind of see both sides of that what the way that we have managed that is to try to schedule time in at least i do i try to know like okay like on you know next wednesday night i'm going to spend a couple hours like that way it's not that time's dedicated and i'm there to kind of hang out and talk to people it's not like all right like i gotta i gotta wrap this up because i gotta go pick up my son or like i need to get to this you know this meeting or this event or this you know what whatever other thing is going on um because you're right i think people feel that you know they can you know or if it's if it's a day where something's been broken and and just everything's falling apart that's probably not the time to like go out and start conversations (laughs) with people so just just being thoughtful about it but i do feel um i think it's important that we're out there i i love um so there's a restaurant here in hagerstown called rick's and um rick is there I, I don't, I, he might live there. <laughs> like every time I'm there, he's there and he's always on the floor and he's always talking to people. And, um, it's, it's, it makes for such a, a really like solid personal interaction and people go there. That's, that's part of why people go yeah. to those places. And, um, we, we want that, you know, I, I'm, I hope we're always involved, um, at that level. Um, sometimes even, we've even talked about having like a throwback night where, where we just serve all night, you know, just to like put yeah. it out there and be like, Hey, like we're, we're, we're doing this cause we, we want to be out here hanging out. So, um, things like that matter. It's so it's probably an awkward question to ask of people involved, mm-hmm. but so us craft beer fans kind of treat brewery owners or in some extent, just people who work at brews as celebrities, mm-hmm. like to some extent, why do you what about this industry or like you guys do you think causes that i don't i don't really because i have no idea either (laughs) i I, I don't know maybe the only thing i can kind of associate it to is like social media 
I, I, I maybe, and that's maybe just my own opinion. Like people interact with social media all the time. Their phone is always in their hand. They're always looking at their Instagram, their Facebook. Has anything refreshed, updated? What what's new? And like they'll see a post, and like I mean, most of the time, a lot of these breweries, us involved, uh, post two or three things a day you know and people are reading that and they'll see pictures of us and then it's kind of like I guess it was I can only relate it to when I was little and you watch the local news and uh, the sportscaster was doing his little bit and you kind of saw him on tv but you never saw him in reality yeah and then you went to some like local event and you're like that guy and like <laughs> it's just like weird it's like wow i always see that guy inside the box but yeah. i i never see him in reality and that makes sense i i don't know if that <laughs> that's the way i think on it wait because it like you build a personal connection even though it's i mean it's one way because you have no idea who's reading <laughs> what you're putting out but you're giving a personality to the brewery giving out your own personalities and people start to like that and then it builds that personal connection that makes sense yeah. and then like um i guess when we had our uh, customer appreciation night uh, a few weeks ago uh, i mean there's people just i've never met a day in my life but they come in here and you know they see certain things or they've seen us in pictures and it feels like, like they know us yeah. to an extent. And it's more of like a, a conversation. And the, sometimes I walk away and I'm like, did I meet that guy before? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, man. And then, but it, I mean, great, great interaction with people. And just, it's, it's, it's kind of cool to see. Uh, I mean, I'm glad it happens. Cause I don't think anyone would be listening to this if they didn't care about <laughs> you all being yeah. the the brewers and the owners because i don't think anyone's listening to this to hear me ramble on right. they want to hear what you guys have to say so i'm, I'm glad it happens I've, it's just something i always think about like what about this industry causes that to happen like where it's like everyone wants to meet the brewer and everyone wants to meet who owns the brewery right and it may, maybe it's also to that whole trend, like now people like to know and see who's making what they're mm -hmm. consuming. Mm -hmm. I think that's, yeah, I think that's really cool. And I, I think the the flip side of that is that we're, we're all, the three of us are pretty humble. I'm, I'm relatively uh, shy when I meet new people and I'm definitely like a functioning introvert. So I forget people's names a lot and I feel terrible about it. It's just like when I meet people, I get nervous and, and I just space on names. I am so proud of myself when I remember someone's yeah. name. <laughs> yeah. Like I remember faces. I, you know, when I see people, I like, I know we met I, and I can't even remember. What, I, I know what we talked about. I just can't, like, I can't put names to faces a lot of times. And that's just my own personal thing. But, um, we don't, I don't think see ourselves in any way as like being any different than, you know, than, and than anyone else, uh, I don't know. It just doesn't. And I like, I think we, we get like my girlfriend picks on me a little bit about that once in a while because we go places and people like want to stop and talk and like, Oh, look, look at you kind of yeah. thing. And like, <laughs> you know, um, but, but I mean, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's pretty neat 
to to be a part of that but i agree with you i i I, hopefully that continues because it it would be awesome to know who you know who your coffee roaster is and who your you know your restaurants are owned by and like all the the little things that you guys and frederick have way more like small business like uh, you know actual like retail things and and stuff like that that would be a cool thing to kind of just have a community and know those people yeah I like I can't think of any other industry though where that happens. Like, I love coffee, mm-hmm. but I don't care about what it makes. <laughs> I mean, it's not that I don't care. But like, right. I I don't go into a coffee shop and be like, right. man, I really wish I could meet who roasted these beans. Yeah. <laughs> now, of the like the couple coffee roasters I've met through doing this, mm-hmm. like the, when we did recorded an episode with. Um, Flying Dog about mm. Cujo, vet the guys who own, no, not vet, uh, Vigilante. I, don't know. I think it's Vigilante Coffees. I'm probably wrong, and that's going to suck. But I, like I met them, they were awesome people. But it's like if I had Vigilante Coffee, I'm not going to be like, oh, I really wish I could meet them, right. <laughs> even though they were awesome people and they were super cool to talk to. We do it too, though. Um, we when, when we were <laughs> yeah, in Boston, definitely. when we were in Boston, we got to meet Esther, one of the owners of Trillium, and like she was sitting at a table next to us, and it was like, oh my god, like it's you know, like there, <laughs> yeah. like she's right there, and um, it we the one of the guys we were hanging out with actually works for Trillium, and like called her over, and we got to meet her and things, and 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 but it's not, we we do it too, so yeah. it's it's not even it's weird because it's all uh, it's all relative. Yeah, no, I know. I think I like one small story is like we were. Uh, festival where we were at um not dang day what was the the one before that that's now i guess or where were we at i don't know but anyways yeah. the aslan one aslan yeah you're welcome <laughs> i wasn't there <laughs> i appreciate you glad i can remember <laughs> for you though <laughs> we uh so one little story, like we had done our little night before thing and you know, there's so many people running around in there and you're trying to talk to people and you're somewhat shy and it's kind of like the same thing. Like you see people like, Oh, from that brewery. Oh wow. And like, <laughs> and like, uh, I think like when we got back to the hotel or some of us hanging out on, on the uh, patio and, uh, the one owner from equilibrium walked by and I'm just found myself like, he was just walking and like, it was his entourage and I'm just like, oh, like looking at him like, and then I caught myself like staring and I'm like, Oh, oh. <laughs> but I'm like, I only see that guy on like pictures. Yeah. So it's like the same thing. Or you're yeah. going back, you're like star power, you know? So at, at those types of festivals, who walks through there? Like they're the one who walks through there in is like the biggest rock star. Not that they're acting like it or anything, but like, walks through and everyone's like oh there they are so i think i don't know the weirdest thing about that is is that those like almost every brewery is that yeah, way at ev- those every ones. everybody's held in such high regard that that I, I can't pick a person out but the thing is everybody just acts like they belong that you know that everyone's so comfortable there and i can't say that i've had a bad experience with, you know with anyone or anyone you know not being uh, polite or easy to, to talk to. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, not not from right. that standpoint. I mean, more from just like the every everyone's like, right. man, that is like how you looked at the equilibrium guy. Like, is there the one brewery where everyone's like, oh, look, there they are. I don't know. There there are always lines at certain places. So like, Bottle Logic always has a line. Like any any festival that we're at where Bottle Logic is, there there are people that 
are lined up and ready to rock and will hang out there as long as they need to. So like, that's an example of the breed, but I, we've never, I don't think we've met their owners. Just, I, I don't know if they come out, but they're so far out West, you know, they're, they're in LA. So that's funny. Like I, I, I wouldn't care. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like well, not, being, in, not in a negative way. Like right. it just like, that's not, right. it's like not someone on my radar that I would feel like I needed to go stand in line right. for them. I would walk past, but like, well, that's a long line. I'm going right there. Right. Well, for what it's worth, I'll be at Bottlelogic on Thursday. So, <laughs> bo- owner of Bottlelogic, if you're listening, hello, we're coming. Uh, so, are you? Um, actually, we're we're due for another sponsor break. Let's take a real quick break. And so, we still, um, I sidetracked us pretty hard, and we didn't even. <laughs> <laughs> we barely talked about um, uh, what all you have going on over at the new location. So, let's take a real quick break. District East now offers curbside pickup and a personal shopper service to pick your favorite beer and wine. They're instituting a policy of social distancing by bringing your order to your car. Their hours of operation will stay the same. This is their small way of trying to reduce gatherings of large groups of people while still delivering the service their customers have come to expect. You can view their inventory at www.districteast.beer to place orders you can call 240-651-0500 as well as calling and texting 240-367-4961 and 240-367-4149. You can stay up to date with their offerings on all of their social media channels. Vanish Farmwoods Brewery may have to close their tap room, but you can still get their beer to go. They will be open for to-go beer sales of four packs and crowlers seven days a week from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. Please follow them on their social media channels for up-to-date information. At Vanish Beer on Instagram and at Vanish Brew on Facebook. All right, so before I sidetrack us again, um, let's try to get at least a little bit more information <laughs> about the, the new brewery. Um, your current brew house, how big is it? Three and a half barrel. The new one, how big is it? Fifteen barrel. So it's like punt, bump, chip, bump up. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit. It feels, yeah, it feels um, intimidating. Honestly, um, I've only, <clears throat> I've only brewed uh, on manual systems like the one that we have. Um, so it, you know, having um, some automation and having something with rakes and a plow and. You know, flow meters and it, it, you know it's it's just it's it's all kind of new for me um i've been around this stuff at other people's places but it's different when you're running it by yourself so there's a learning curve um i'm super excited you know from a production standpoint like I, i'm pumped to get moving with it when you buy something like this that include training yeah like the the what um who's the manufacturer so we bought our stuff from abe so uh, does abe send, send someone out like mm-hmm. during your first brew to like show you how yeah. to use their system yeah and, and a lot of places actually that's a that like, paying paying for and going through their training is um a stipulate like you can't things aren't warranted if you don't okay take, take that which is totally understandable because yeah. Yeah. There's so many things you could do just to completely screw it Absolutely. up. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. And uh, our ABE has been awesome. We've had a really good experience with, with, uh, with them. So there's a, there's a decent amount of local people that have ABE mm-hmm. equipment too. Yeah. Um, Elder Pine has an ABE system. Our system's very similar to Elder Pines. Uh, Antietam has an ABE system. Um, 
I don't know who else. I know there are others. Um, I actually, I think Hysteria has an AV system too. I believe so. I know there's like definitely two or three mm-hmm. other people that have one. I just can't because my memory's horrendous. Yeah. That have one. Um. So. So if you double batch there, um, it would be like brewing ten times in one day here. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Is do you anticipate any? Um, difficulty with ramping up your recipes from three barrels to 15 barrels or is that a pretty straightforward process uh no scaling scares the hell out of me um you know we've we've become pretty comfortable on this system um we were um you had me mention earlier about somebody that makes really awesome beer on um equipment that's not awesome and um our equipment here is really challenging and we've you not know, awesome I, not yeah <laughs> yeah our equipment sucks um they're, they're in the current space um but we'll soon be of, for sale keep an eye up yeah yeah <laughs> well we've beaten it into some we've actually made a lot of changes yeah. to it um and customized it since we bought it because it wouldn't work for us and okay. we finally you know it's it's functional yeah um, i would say it's awesome now i guess yeah, <laughs> retrospect yeah um kushwa custom not. Kushwa custom, yeah. Well, we've we've rewired things. We've we've actually had things like some of the the pipe rerouted, just different small things that just make it make it a better system. Okay. Um, so we, you know, but it's 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 manual. Um, you know, but we've through through the years figured it out and and are obviously I th- I think proud of proud of what we put out on it. Um, but the scaling aspect of taking what we have now and moving it over there, um. This is the system we're on is electric. The new system is steam, and and just having a different heat source alone is enough to change things. Um, you know, it's like going from like a gas range to an electric range, or vice versa. It's just a different. I mean, principles are the same, but it's you know, if you cook a steak on the, the yeah. you know, those two different heat sources, it's it's not the same. Timing's different. You know, like you may want to use different pans or what whatever you you would change, but. Um, even not even just change it like even just going from something better right of the same yeah heat yep. source can make a huge difference absolutely so you know i i think we're gonna we're, we're gonna have you know some there's there's gonna be some things that we need to figure out when we get over there but i i'm hoping we i'm hoping we can do that quickly um I don't anticipate any anything going seriously wrong. I'm sure we'll have to figure out some efficiencies and try to find find you know the right the right uh, things to get us where we need to be for for um, starting gravities and things like that. The you know um, hot side is one thing. The cold the cold side is the thing that scares me the most because that's the thing that we have the least control over. Um, fermentation, you know, fermentation is so important, and it's everybody talks about not everybody, but frequently people want to know like what what malts or what hops or, you know, whatever, you know, people ask about, I don't know, boil times and just how, how long do you mash or whatever. But, but once you've made the word and it's in the, the FV, like that's, that's where things like really happen. And, and that's my biggest concern, I think, is just to make sure that, that things ferment out the way that they do here. Um, and we can, like we from can, a scaling up standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, cause for, you have, you have temper. Yeah. You're, temper control yeah every everything's everything's glycol uh, piped over here but the you know fermenter geometry actually has an effect on the, the oh end really? product of beer yeah. i never knew that yeah it's why so like we 
conicals are are the way that they are so we can harvest yeast and do do some different things um they're you know they're built that way on purpose but you can ferment i mean you could ferment beer in buckets you know there's a reason why we don't do that but like if you think about like some english breweries are still using yorkshire squares they're legit like cement boxes that um that they ferment in and it produces a different <clears throat> um the yeast behave differently fluid dynamics the fluid in the in the vessel moves differently so um it it definitely affects the outcome and it, it may be you know may not be huge but it is enough coupled with other differences to to really turn out a very different product so dialing all all the the small things in i think is where oh that's right because it am i remembering correctly that in a conical fermenter the yeast is constantly circulating mm -hmm. right like it it comes down does what it does rises back up and then sinks again yeah, it kind of flows down the outside of the tank and then back up through the center. Just the liquid in, in general, you know, and the yeast is in suspension. So it's yeah. it's all it's always moving. Um, okay. So like in a box, that doesn't happen the same way. Um, you've got those concrete eggs, like Tired Hands has some of the eggs. I don't I don't know anybody locally that has one. Maybe someone does. But so you've got these like concrete eggs that you can ferment in. Um, you've got fooders and, you know, fermenting in barrels. All of that, that all behaves very, very differently. Okay. Um, I guess I'm never thought of it from that like that standpoint that it would have that much effect just because of the circulation but it makes complete sense that it would yeah um so what size fermenters do you have uh 15 15s and 30s um we we did we have a seven barrel in our current tap room we bought a second one so we can split batch into those and for various things um we also bought we, we got an oversized mash ton uh we got a 20 barrel mash ton on that system so we can do bigger beers a little bit easier uh, we struggle with that here just because of the the size of our mash ton um but that should hopefully make that um that process a little better for us and you bought a grain silo in frederick not a building <laughs> <laughs> marcus. Uh, marcus do you want to feel that <laughs> i'm learning <laughs> Yes, we bought a grain silo, <laughs> specifically from barley and hops, <laughs> not the building. Um, and that's like an ongoing joke. It, it still <laughs> continues now. Um, uh, I, it was, I think it was only a few minutes after that was posted. I texted Garrett like, hey, people think you bought. I'm pretty sure you didn't, but people are, yeah. think you were moving to Frederick. <laughs> right. Well, I think I think it started a, a craze, so yeah. it wasn't a bad thing. I mean, but you know, then we had to snap well, back to reality. And I mean, now you know out. if you ever want to make a move to Frederick, people are going to be really excited about it. <laughs> yeah, I think I posted something yesterday, and uh, a guy said, "Is this is this uh, the Frederick location?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" I was like, uh, "But uh, no, we're not we're not in Frederick, but it." definitely makes for a good story and a good laugh <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I think it was over the weekend someone mentioned it to me that that Kushwa <laughs> did you see that Kushwa was opening up in Frederick like <laughs> I saw what you're talking about but no they're not <laughs> I don't know I don't know how we could ever manage another location <laughs> I, this one this one's plenty I, I I was just talking to uh, my wife last night. I was like, you like I really like now I see like I really have to think things out before, like how people sometimes don't think things out before yeah. they pass. Like 
don't think of it as me and what I'm thinking. Think of it as everybody yeah, else. Yeah, how, how every possible person can interpret it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that didn't happen that day. Well, <laughs> but I mean, to your defense, it is really hard to take a step back and remove the knowledge you have exactly. to post something to people who don't know what you already know and how they're going to interpret it. Yeah, because at that point, I'm like, well, people just people know that we're opening yeah. another location and we're expanding right behind us. But in reality, I know I, I should know that not everybody's going to know that or you just think we're going to open a third location. Well, there are or second location. Sorry. I mean, there are. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, there I mean, there are other breweries that have done that that mm -hmm. ended up opening to building out two new places at the same time for various reasons where they ended up having to. So it's not uncommon, right. completely out of the ordinary. Yep. So, I mean, it's going to be cool when you're in Frederick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who knows? Maybe we'll put a little pop-up shop. <laughs> do that. Yeah. That would be cool. Does Frederick do pop-up shops for breweries and things? Like, okay, I don't know. I don't know, know if you could do that here. Like, I don't think you could legally do okay. that in Maryland. Really? Okay. Or if you could, I don't feel like it would be worth it. Yeah. I mean, well, with off, with your off-site permits mm -hmm. and just, I mean, it would really just kind of be like throwing a one-person festival. Right. Yeah. I mean, I f feel like actually you probably could without too much of a problem. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Scott's I are, definitely want to look into though. it. I mean, no, I think you could. You would just have if yeah. you run out of space. I'm sure you, you have to talk to the liquor board. Yeah, you submit the plans to the liquor board and you use an offsite permit. I don't see why you couldn't. I mean, I guess like I would think worst case scenario, you would, it would be real complicated. And you might have to have a a nonprofit mm -hmm. like mm. Uh, apply for the one day permit and right. But I feel like there's probably some way within the current laws to make that happen. Yeah, I don't know. We'll find out. So before you open your Frederick location. <laughs> <laughs> um, so not only is your production equipment multiples in size, you're also going to have a canning line? Yeah, we bought a canning line. Um, we It's a two-head filler. Um, I think it's perfect size for what we're going to be doing. Um, we bought so we got the we got the equipment we got a canning line that's that's super exciting obviously that's not functional yet but we're we're excited to get it fired up you know the only time that we've ever been able to do cans is if we contract brewed or did a collab with people who have a canning line or use mobile canning we're just not big enough to take advantage of mobile canning right now you know this space is so small it, it doesn't we yeah, the economics almost, of it would yeah, not we'd <laughs> almost have to fill like we, we we'd almost have to empty every tank to to can on a mobile canner and we don't have brights here we use unitanks we have well we have one bright but we don't use it um usually as a bright it's more for like adjuncting and stuff like that but um we yeah it just wouldn't it it never it it isn't a thing that worked well here so or, or could have worked um in the next space we we want to be able to can frequently and we want to be able to set our own schedule mobile canning is actually a really good option um yeah. for for a lot of reasons um but you have to schedule them out, you know, a certain amount of time. And there's just a lot of like logistical things that we, we didn't want to deal with. So we just bought our own line. Hey, cause you, you can, I mean, you can end up in a position where a beer is not ready when you have right. 
something scheduled for any number of reasons because right. you have to schedule so far in advance and right um so do you do you plan on sending beer out into distribution or are you gonna try to sell it all through the tap room so we we, we do plan to send beer out out to distribution um we are we're working all that out right now um we use like picking a distributor and so we've yeah we've actually uh so we've been using free state craft delivery yeah. um for our own like s- a small amount of distro that we've done to date um and have had an awesome experience with them um they're they are you know close partners i mean they you know they they're just dan's awesome and his his crew is yeah. really good um so then we're actually going to use uh there's a company called craft coalition that just started i don't know if you are kind of in the loop with them or not who i think it was mob town told me about that for the first time it's like kind of a dan and them working together where like he craft coalition like works as a sales force right sort of and then dan does the delivery as a separate company yeah so if if they were if they were done by the same people that that's what distro is you know yeah. it's it's sales and and then logistics for distribute for actual like delivery um and delivery guys can't sell and sales guys can't deliver that's the distinguish yeah, yeah that's the thing that distinguishes their two businesses um so jason uh, gocher is the owner of craft coalition and he has a really really solid team um jason's a friend and, and somebody that we've been working with for a while um just um, you know, Manor owns a couple restaurants and, <clears throat> and things. So we, we've been, um, you know, engaged with him really f- almost since the beginning of this. And, um, I, I have a ton of faith in him. He's a smart guy. He's got a lot of great experience and in, in a couple different aspects of, of this industry. Um, so he's going to be, he, you know, him and, and his team are going to be the, the sales side of what we do. Um, as far as how much goes out, it's, it's really hard to tell. Um, you know, I'm, I'm positive that we're going to make more beer than we sell, than, you know, than we sell on an average day in the tap room. Um, you know, we being so far removed from the, the urban setting, we just, there's just not, I don't think there's that many people out here. Not that it couldn't be done. There are other breweries that are more remote than we are for sure that, you know, sell a lot of beer, but, um, you know, we, we want to get our beer out in, in Maryland, you know, we're going to focus, focus on Maryland. Um, we we have a, another uh, distribution a distributor set up uh, in Delaware for a small amount. Uh, Other side. Yeah, so um, they're going to take care of us there. They've um, done an amazing job at signing like all of the big breweries that everyone yeah. seeks out. Yeah. Well, Sean had a lot of established relationships okay. coming from. Yeah, I don't R-A-R. know. He worked oh, at okay. Before that, yeah, um, and still I think in some capacity works works with them. Um, all those guys are awesome so um again just another example of somebody that's that um, has a really good background and has seen a lot um and has experienced a lot uh so the they um they've got that uh liquid distro in virginia um and again like we're going to be definitely like really focused on our home state before we we go crazy and start sending beer all over the place and not be able to give it to, to to maryland but um obviously retail as, as much as we can sell in-house you know the better for our business yeah makes sense um, i mean <clears throat> we'll just have to see how it all plays out i think the other the other exciting thing that we haven't touched on in our new space and, and something that's going to be uh, completely new and different for us is that uh, we, we will have a restaurant over there 
Yeah, that was that was my next question. Yeah. So I'll let you segue right into mm-hmm. that. So um, the guys, <clears throat> the guys that own White Rabbit um, are um, going to be opening a restaurant in our new space. Um, it'll be it'll be a, basically it's it's run as a separate business. It's kind of like the the um, uh, Crooked Run model. Um, so common space uh, for tap room and you know kind of like dining. Um, we won't have. It won't be table service. You know, it'll be by like pub service or what, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Like whatever Trogues is where you, yeah. you go up and exactly. pick up. Uh, I can't remember what they call it. I don't know. It's yeah, like fast know. casual or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I don't know what that, what that model is called, but um, Adam there, uh, the head chef at Rabbit is actually going to be up here. Um, he's still involved in Rabbit, overseeing Rabbit, um, <clears throat> but he is going to have uh, some ownership stake in this as well. So, okay. uh, we're just, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm could not be more excited than I am about this, you know, just for our business, but also personally, like it's just going to be, this place is going to slay. It, it's going to be awesome to have, um, that, that level of food so close to us on, on a daily basis. Um, you know, Hagerstown doesn't have Washington County doesn't have a lot of locally owned restaurants we have some and and we have some really good ones um but we don't have a large number of them Yeah, it's one of those things people complain a lot that it's mainly chains right yep yeah chains seem to do really well here um for better for worse just kind of like that's part of our area hopefully you know they're they're some some new places have come on lately and i think there are more coming you know more are in the works and and this will be just another local option which you know we're we're fortunately tied to and are very excited about did you do that because you didn't want to have to get involved with running your own kitchen basically yep i think that's it yeah (laughs) i think we just wanted to make sure that we put all of our efforts into what we got into this in the beginning for the beer so and and trying to cultivate that in the experience uh on our end and let someone handle what they know and know best yeah uh and just allow us to work together in the same space now is it mainly pizza or because i saw is it a pizza place or is it a full restaurant or they are going to go under rad pie is the okay name um and their main focus will be uh, pizza. So I know Adam's got a lot of ideas. Uh, I think that's where he kind of started his career was uh, uh, making pizzas, if I'm correct. Garrett, do you know any of uh, I, I know he has pizza making experience. I don't yeah. know if that's where he started or not, but he's definitely very, very passionate about Very pizza. passionate about it. So it, it'll, be, it'll be cool to see uh, what he can do with these pies. Um, and I, I, I mean, I can't, I can't answer as far as what the menu might be extended to beyond that. I know the main focus will be on uh, brick oven pizza. Well, pizza and beer go together very well. Absolutely. So you can't quite go, you can't really go wrong with that. I don't know a lot about pizza ovens, but apparently they bought the Cadillac of pizza ovens. So that that <laughs> that's exciting. Um, Is it from Italy? I don't know. Honestly, I, I, I don't know a lot about that part of it. I've <laughs> yeah, just been, been so, like, head down, yeah, like yeah. focused the on only, what we're doing. The only pizza oven I know anything about is the um, Pistaro's in Frederick. That, yeah. Like, it's a gourmet mm-hmm. pizza place. And they have this super fancy, expensive oven. I want to say it was from Italy. 
but it cooks a pizza in like I think 90 seconds oh, wow. or something like that and it's so hot inside mm -hmm. of it that you just throw the wood in and it combusts from the just being in the heat of the other fire wow so I don't, yeah I don't know honestly I'm I, I, I know I know that it, all that but that's the extent of my knowledge of pizza oven yeah the only thing that I know about this specific one <laughs> is that it has the option to run off of gas and wood and I guess that just helps kind of regulate temperatures better and and makes it you know an easier process yeah. but um, I know that they've got some other uh, ideas they're tossing around for um, things down down the line. So they're they're I don't know the every uh, the whole the whole crew at White Rabbit is awesome. Um, I think um, Kenneth and Chris have done an awesome job building that place out. They've they they're inventive. Um, they do a lot of creative things. Well, they were your first collaboration, weren't they? Uh, if not the first, the it's, Probably the it was, second. Yeah, it was super early on. Because uh, well, I think we did Wet City, mm -hmm. and then we kind of Oh, yeah, joint, joint was first. I think you're right and about that. And then yeah. Peace Among Worlds. Yeah. Rabbit. I forgot about Joint. That yeah. beer was so good. Yeah, we, we're going to... Um, should make that again. We, we are going to redo that. After, after <laughs> we, we've actually <laughs> talked to the guys at White City about redoing it, and I, uh, we just said, like, once we get our next space up and running, that way we can can it. Um but we used to harass the White Rabbit guys about moving their business <laughs> to Hagerstown because we were driving down to Frederick yeah. all the time to eat there. We need this every day. Yeah. <laughs> and then eventually it just it just kind of like one day they were like, hey, can we talk? And I, I thought it was like we screwed something up, you know, like something yeah. distro related or something. And, and um, you know, that cake you sent us. Right. <laughs> so but no, I mean, it, it just this all just kind of materialized over time. We become friends with them and um it, it's it's going to be really neat to have all this in one location and and so we've we've got our you know hyper local following um i think it'll reach more people in in our own county you know people that'll come out that haven't come before because yeah. people want to eat and i get that um you know we, we it's washington county doesn't have the same level of food truck scene that frederick or other, some other counties do so it's it's we don't always have one and that's challenging. So yeah, and you're not you're not super close to any other restaurants. No, no. There's a there's a couple places in the Williamsport area, but I mean, as far as the quality is, uh, you know, a little bit uh, nicer experience. I mean, there's pizza places. I mean, everybody. I mean, we get from like Marcos and Tony's here yeah. locally and some other stuff. But uh, I think it'll be nice for this area on this end of town kind of offshoot of Hagerstown people don't have to travel in like they're minutes from a, a decent place to get a meal and hang out and, and enjoy themselves so once you're over that you you have uh, a few beers that you would consider your core right that you brew on a semi-regular basis yeah we've uh, over the last year or so jello Jello's one where we can get Galaxy. Yeah, we Galaxy's so expensive. We we buy it when we can find it. Um, usually, at like an affordable price. It's just Galaxy on the second market, second secondary market's frequently twenty eight to thirty five dollars a pound, and it's just it's very expensive. And you know we pay it when we have to, but we we try not to write a whole lot of new recipes around Galaxy or Nelson or any of the like super super hyped hops that that there's just not a lot out of, uh, just not, not a lot of it out there. Um, so we, over the last maybe year or year and a half, since we knew that we were going to be expanding, we've tried to develop a, f a few things that would be more of like, you know, staple beers or beers, you know, like things that we would want to have out into frequent distribution or <clears throat> would go 
like well with food or just easy drinking beers you know beer abvs have gotten so high and and you know hopping rates and just every everything you know fruit rates of or pounds of fruit or you know whatever you're putting into a beer um that's not usually economical and um it's it's not everybody wants to crush eight nine ten percent beers all the time um, i do not <laughs> <laughs> so it's you know like kush kush is probably kush uh ipa is probably like our our you know if we have a staple it's it's that um and it's six and a half percent it was just it was really designed with our two favorite hops and just easy to drink you make rambo fairly regular right but that's not in the same category well the funny thing is is <laughs> that we don't make it that often it just we don't really send it out to distro and okay it's, it's on tap it takes a long time because we sell it in eight ounce pours because it's 13 yeah. percent. so we you know and we don't usually like do crawlers of it so it just kind of hangs out here oh, okay um so when it's on it's it's here for a long time you gonna sell that in four packs <laughs> i don't know i don't know what we're gonna do with that maybe i don't know what we'll do with that Honestly, the the bigger stouts that people have been putting into bot the bottles are a really cool format for for bigger stouts. Um, like the Aslan stouts, Deciduous just started packaging their big stouts in bottles, like 500 mil bottles, and they're those things look awesome. Although you just had a humongous stout come out with uh, Adroit Theory, we did. Yeah, That's actually, in cans. Yep, that um, we got that that got out to market actually before we even sold it. We're, we we <laughs> we have it here tomorrow, uh, but yeah, it's already <laughs> out there. Um, I, uh, that's another brewery. Like I, I, I like brewing with them, you know, they're, um, everything about them is so much different than us, uh, as far as like branding and things like that go. But, um, Mark and Brian and then the people that work there are just, they're, they're awesome to work with. They're, they've become really good friends. And that's another example of like, when you collaborate, like being able to just share, share things. And, um, you know, for our anniversary each year, we didn't, this year we had customer appreciation night in lieu of anniversary party because we're, we're in the mix of, of what we're doing. But, um, each year since we've started, they've come here and brewed an IPA and we've gone there and brewed a style with them. So, um, it's, um, it's, I, I love working with them. A Mark quote led to my favorite, um, cover of the magazine. Yeah. Was it the, the hot, the hot yeah. dog? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I sent him an email uh, or the next time I talked to him, I brought that up. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> Because I think it was we asked him, is there anything he wouldn't put in beer? And he said he would put a hot dog in it if he had to. <laughs> so then the logical follow-up was, what exactly would make you have to put a hot right. dog into a beer? <laughs> There's some crazy stuff going in beer these days. This has been, again, like this this industry is just moving at like breakneck speed. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy to watch how everything's unfolding. What, where do you fall on that? Um, with, uh, and I'm going to say, I'm going to say gimmick in air quotes because sure. I'm not completely against mm -hmm. that as long as the beer's good, but like those types of stuff in beer. Yeah. Stuff like glitter and f f cereal or that's, we, that's we where cereal. Yeah. We, we, <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, well, I think. I, I think basically what you just said, like, I think the end result, the beer has to taste good. So I, um, I'm not one to like, you know, call out what other people are doing necessarily, but I, uh, I think it's really important to us. Something that we, when we sat down and talked about starting this brewery was if we put a thing in a beer 
you need to be able to taste it not like look for hints of it not like you know like get a uh you know the aroma of it kind of thing but like if it's and i'm not like when we do our um our description for ipas like we'll say like oh like this smells like but but if you put an actual thing in a beer if you say you're gonna put i don't know jolly ranchers in a beer like it you should i feel you should be able to like taste that thing um, or it should have some influence on the, f- the, you know, the final flavor. If you put five things, like it needs to lead up to something. So I think that's kind of where I fall. Um, I'm not, I'm not a glitter guy. So I mean, like that or like <laughs> yeah. the, the activated charcoal thing that people were doing. Um, that, well, that is just plain stupid because it's actually dangerous. Yeah. There are people that, I, and I didn't know this, I was listening to the radio one day. Like there are people that have violent reactions. Really? to activate a charcoal and people are just shoving it into stuff oh, like wow. it, yeah. it <laughs> that it's completely wow. safe to use yeah again like i don't i mean if it's not for the purpose of taste you know of flavor or aroma or some you know i don't know like if it's not if it if it doesn't have a purpose other than to to make it look a specific way or something i i don't i don't know i don't know that that's necessary but you know some some people seem to like it. i mean they're definitely um they're definitely breweries selling a lot of beer that have those types of things in it. Yeah. So, you know, and at the end of the day, there's a business behind all of this. And if that's helping, you know, if that's helping your business, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm fine with it. We, um, I don't know. We, I, I, I hope beer doesn't, doesn't go too far away from actual beer. You know, like there's, there's, um, I feel like there's a circling back yeah. going on. Do you, do you see that too, where it's m- like mm-hmm. going back to clear beer and mm-hmm. classical styles and I think so. Turning, I mean, turning the clock back to before the craziness. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I think there's a skill set in making, you know, solid, clear beer. you know, like that's there, there is, there, there's a lot of, um, finesse, um, and all the small things come together in those types of beers. So I think, you know, when we go to these like high level festivals or we're hanging out with those, those people, a lot of us are sitting around drinking lager, you know, like yeah. we're, we're You're talking about like it through the night. If you, yeah, <laughs> we're talking about like, who's got the best Pilsner there or, you know, speaking um, of Ocelot and that's, they that's have right. <laughs> yep. Um, several yeah. amazing Pilsners. I've got, um, a few four packs of lamp at my house right yes. now. Lamp is so good. And, um, they, that's, that's what I'm saying. And the Ocelot's are very good. Um, they embody kind of what, like if, if I were like, Oh, like we, I would really want to be like this brewery. I think, uh, just in the sense of what they brew and how they brew it because they make really clean lager and it's, it's delicious. And they're also good at new England IPAs. Their IPAs generally have a little bit of biz- bitterness to them, whereas yeah. you know they're not necessarily like the juiciest thing. But I mean that in a in a good way because yeah. I, I like, like the bitterness. I, I enjoy that, and our ours usually, you know, we we try to like keep that in, in our beer. Um, they also do, you know, good stouts. You know, they 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 can brew small stouts well. They can they can brew big barrel aged stouts really well. So um, I think that's um, they're really good at that. But I I do. I do think that um, th- things are circling back. The problem, I, the pr- I think, the problem with lager from a business standpoint is it's it's sometimes it can be a hard sell. It can be a hard. It can, it's it, consumers, you know, when you can go to the store and get macro lager for the prices that you can get, you know, and people come in and go, well, like, why would I buy a pilsner for six dollars a glass or whatever? And it's 
um, some of us, especially the smaller ones, like we have, our prices have to be high to do what we do. I mean, we're not, yeah. you know, we're not exactly shooting the lights out all the time and loggers take longer. And that, you know, there's a lot of things that go into that. Um, and you could argue all sides of it, but, but in, from a consumer standpoint, I get it. Sometimes it's, it can be, it can be hard to fork over a bunch of money for something quote unquote. And I'm air quoting now like, like that. Yeah. Um, but I also think that if it's done well, you can taste the quality difference and it, it is completely worth it. Well, cause there's actual flavor, right? The, yeah. And then and I think that leads to it being more expensive because mm-hmm. you're using actual quality ingredients and right. Yep. Yeah. I, th- I, I agree with you that that is, that probably is a hard pill swa- to swallow for a lot of drinkers mm-hmm. like looking and especially cause they're usually much lower ABV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at, and I still don't understand why so many people think that way sure. when purchasing alcohol, like beer, but they see uh, 4% Pilsner at the same price of an 8% IPA mm-hmm. and would like, why would I spend that much money on? Right. And I guess if you pump a bunch of fruit into it, then you'd be able to <laughs> just make it red. Yeah. yeah. As long as it's red. Wait, it's, that's, that's funny too, because like the kettle sours, you know, like our like quick sours that we've made, um, if it's red, it sells out usually within a week. And if it's not, or it's clear, it takes a little longer than that. And it's, you know, it, I, I think it's just in, you know, it's, it's the, in the eye of the, it's, it's the, in the eye of the consumer and, and what people want. And, and it, I mean, it looks cool when it's red, but that doesn't make it better, you know, necessarily. Yeah. Well, I think that circles back to um marcus's point about social media mm-hmm. where like, a red beer looks cooler on yeah. instagram yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so th- from th- from that standpoint is that infuriating or is it just something you have to live with where like social media it does play so much in the types of beer that people are drinking and buying I, I don't know that it's infuriating. I think it's just a thing that's happening. Um, you know, it's, it's the, it's the state we're in. Um, I, you know, I think, uh, you just kind of take it in stride and, and, you know, I think our stance on a lot of these things is like, we, we clearly, again, like it's, it's a business. Like I, we want to sell beer. So I'm, I'm happy to make the things that people want to buy, but we, we always also try to keep a tap or two around of things that, that, are not those and we don't put on Instagram because nobody cares about your English mild. You know, I mean, like no one cares, like (laughs) someone cares, but most people on Instagram are not gonna, you know, give you a bunch of props because you brewed a 3.8%, you know, multi beer. Um, (laughs) If you're, if you're super into this and and the process matters or you have a tie to English beer or there's some, you know, there's some draw, um, you know, people, people come in and drink it. That's like a good, like a trivia night crowd mm-hmm. beer, or again, like when there's food, like those types of things, but like English beer, if, if I, if, if I could wish for a thing right now, like I would love to see English beers become cool. Cause they're awesome, you know? And, and for those of us that really like to drink beer, like I want to be able to drink a couple beers and like getting drunk's never the goal, you know, like it's, you know, it's nice to loosen up and have a good time, but like, we're not, I, we don't, 
you know, leave the house with the, <laughs> we're not on a mission to get, you know, to get tore <laughs> yeah. up kind of thing. So it's, it's nice to be able to sit down and have a few beers and, and, uh, you know, be, make good decisions. We'll have to put that in the same category of our differences on hoodie design. English beer. Yeah. <laughs> no English beer. Yeah. I'm not a fan of English beer. So good. <laughs> um, so when you start, uh, having canned beer on a regular basis what will the cans look like are you gonna have like um like very artistic or because you've had both mm-hmm. um that you've done like some that are like just branded kushwa with the mm-hmm. name on them um and then some that have a lot of art on them which which route do you plan on going you can chime in at any time but uh <laughs> He's the man with all the answers. But no, I think uh, what we've decided to do is uh, to add art to the labels uh, going forward. Uh, some of more of our more uh, flagships uh, that we know uh, kind of what we're looking for. And we've, we've actually started some design work uh, with those labels to get them uh, processed and printed uh, in, in preparation for some of the the beer that's going to be going on to the canning line. Uh, so I think, I think it was beneficial. I, I mean, it, the sleek, uh, I guess would say just the Kushwa white can is, it's, it's, I think it's recognizable, but, um, I think there's another side of us that we'd like to show, um, more than just kind of like the plain and simple. We yeah. want to show that, you know, we like to have fun and, you know, we want to show, what we intended from maybe say the name that we gave to that to put a picture to it. It's funny. Like one that just looks cool when you do that, but a lot of it is like you need something to grab someone's attention when Mm -hmm. there's just tons of stuff on a shelf, but it was like the Kushwa, the simplicity of those cans, I think were just as eye catching mm-hmm. because of their simplicity compared to everything else as would like a very artistically done can would be. I agree. I think Hudson Valley's uh, labels are that way. Like yeah. Hudson Valley mm-hmm. super simple and um, it, it, you can, you can tell that it's a Hudson Valley beer or, you know, uh, adroits are not simple, but when you see an adroit beer yeah, on a shelf, you know, it's their beer it doesn't matter what's around it like that stands out and i think in in to your point about like being on a shelf you know it's it's important to it's important to have something that stands out whether it's because it's simple or because it's you know stunningly artistic or um whatever i think um you know it's obviously there's there's a lot of beer out there these days um i think i'm out of questions actually (laughs) So when do you have a projected opening or not even something you want to talk about? Not even something we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, no. I mean, yeah. I, like, that's a safe answer because no. it never goes. 2020. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I just don't like, <laughs> I, I don't know how close you are. Yeah. I feel like we, we feel like we're, we're getting there, but it's, there's still a lot of things that have to happen, you know, hurdles to clear before, before we, we finalize it. Um, you know, it won't be too, too far down the road, but it's, I think 2020 is a safe. <laughs> so are we talking weeks, months? Uh, month for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely I not I think we're weeks. in the months. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, we want to make sure that we do it and do it. And when we do it, we do it right. And we don't open up before just to open up. Uh, so I think that's playing a factor in a lot of things uh, that we've got going on over there. Um, do you ha- Is equipment set up and mm-hmm. everything over there? Or? Okay. Yeah, equipment's in. Um, most most of the most of the build out is done it's it's not like the tap rooms not done you know there's not furniture and things yeah. like that um fixtures are still not in there's you know there's a lot of finalizing of things to do the the major part of the build out is done the walls are up the equipment's in um you know we were before you came today like we we built our production walk in about a week or so ago and now we're we're putting the door on it there's a lot of those like finalizing yeah. that type of stuff but stuff that just takes time and um so trying to fit everything in and also still run this at the same time i mean it sounds easy i don't yeah, know no, what's taking so long <laughs> 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 yeah we usually roll in around 10 we get up have some coffee yeah i mean if you put in a solid eight hours a day you might <laughs> <laughs> well it's funny because we're back to like 89 well i no, probably not 90 but um like we're we're back to like really long weeks and um, we can only, we can only work so hard, you know, we, we, there's only so many hours in a day and, um, something that that's at when, when we did this, a lot of it was just on us, you know, yeah. like it, it, it was fully now we've, we've got people, you know, working, um, you know, there are contractors involved in a lot of ways. That that's probably almost harder It is to, well, one, the mental, uh, switch of being able to just put your baby into someone mm. else's hands to do it yeah. when you've done it all yourself to begin with. Um, and then just the coordination of that large of a construction project. I think it's harder. Um, Scott's, Scott's been taking care of, he's the lead on all the construction stuff. That's his background and he's done a great, I think he's going to uh, done a very good job with it. I also think that we have, um, our landlord, uh, is amazing and, uh, they have a construction arm as well, so they're actually doing like the GC work for us, and and we've had good contractors. We, I, I honestly, and this isn't me just saying this, I I can't pick out a thing that's just been terrible through this experience. You know, we everything has agree. hiccups, but every everybody I feel like is working really hard and doing the best they can, and that's all we could ever ask for. Is Scott full time now too? Yeah, cool. <clears throat> so all three of you, because uh, I was, uh, I think the last time we talked like that was something you got you all were really looking forward to being able to do is all three of you focusing just on Kushwa. yeah yeah it's hard you know we've all had our i've been full-time since we started and that's my you know that was a struggle because i was living that life but then these guys were working full-time jobs and they're working basically another full-time job here so it's you know in different industries and we all have different like family situations and you know it's just pulling all that together not unlike anybody else that does this you yeah. know so many i think and that's another thing that unites us as, as brewers and brewery owners is like I, most of us have gone through some form of all this stuff so um yeah it's it's um you can commiserate with each other yeah uh-huh. yep all right gentlemen uh, thank you so much for uh having me out Thanks um for so we end every episode with, uh, I made this whiskey with McClintock. It's a single malt. Nice. Um, with ch- it's 25% of its chocolate malt. Uh, and then we vapor infused it with hops that were seven pounds of UK Goldings and Meridian hops put into the gin basket. Nice. <clears throat> um, 
they found another barrel it will probably have already been released by the time this comes out but maybe there's still some left so if you go to mcclintock it's possible that you could get another bottle of old of uh, no cover but it's probably gone um, <laughs> but congratulations gentlemen i can't wait to uh come out and have my first beer at the new location and um cheers 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 guys uncapped is brought to you with support from mcclintock distilling maryland's first and only organic certified distillery they are well known for their award-winning gin and are rapidly growing a name for themselves for their matchstick bourbon and bootjack rye whiskey that have both won double gold at international spirits competitions you can visit them in historic downtown frederick along carroll creek for tours and tastings Go to McClintockDistilling.com for more information. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook, and if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.